Hi, this is episode 40, and this is Jacqueline Sanders Blackman, and I'm taking one slide at a time from one of my slide decks from one of my conference presentations and just focusing on that one slide and doing a deep dive. And the slide that I want to focus on uh, for this episode is related to backlog work items, and I'm talking about the team backlog. There's also other layers of, of backlogs. There's the product backlog, which has features and epics. And then you have the enterprise backlog, which has initiatives. But we're at the team level. And probably the most common artifact in the backlog is the user story. And the user story has certain base rules that I'm also going to show you how those base rules also apply to the other seven work items that I'm going to share with you. And the reason why it's important for you to think about these other work items is that if a team is just focusing on user stories and they're using their full capacity and velocity just to build stories that provide features and new functionality, what you're not doing is acknowledging the other work types. And those work types, for example, are spikes. They may be infrastructure or technical stories. They could be technical debt. They could be refactoring. They could be bugs and defects. And they could even be things like documentation and then a new one that I'm going to add, if, if you've seen my presentation, this is a new uh, additional uh, suggestion, which is adding one for team housekeeping. And the reason why I'm suggesting these additional work items is the saying that goes, if it's not in the backlog, it won't get considered and or on the opposite side, what I've seen is that if it's not in the backlog, it becomes this hidden work. And so the team is almost working double time because they're trying to meet all the obligations of the planned work. And then yet you still have these other things behind the scene that are also going on. And it's a key way to accidentally burn out your team and not realizing and understanding that it has to do but that you have other things that you have to take care of besides user stories. And this is an opportunity to be transparent with your product manager, your product owner, that there is the new work, the, the shiny, exciting stuff, but there's also the, the other work that also has to be done that enables and makes that front-end work possible. So let me break down a few of not just a few, let me break down each one of those work items that I indirectly just mentioned. Number one is a spike. A spike is any type of research, prototyping, um, exploration. It could be when you have a large story that needs to be broken up and you need to explore and, and get additional information in order to break up that story. That is a spike. Now, a spike, just like a user story, you should identify in the description who is the main stakeholder. Instead of customer, you would be looking for who is the main stakeholder. 
And it could be someone from your technical department, because again, if you're researching something, or it could be something, someone from the product side. But who is the main stakeholder? What it is that you're trying to achieve with this spike? And why? What's the business value? You should still make sure that your description contains those three. You don't have to use the traditional format, but do have those four characteristics. You should also still have acceptance criteria so that you can identify up front what do you need or what are you trying to accomplish in order for the spike to be considered uh, successful. And then lastly, yes, you should have something that you can demonstrate or reveal or share as a result of the spike. So that's number one, a spike. The second one is defects. Defects, those opportunities to improve the system or solution, they may be uh, found because of omission or oversight, um, or just a, it could be a, a mistake that was made that needs to be rectified. All of those things um, should, if, they're, if they come up, they should be identified. There should be a representation for them. Now, a defect, again, is, is it new functionality? Because any new functionality or enhancement or even an additional uh, path that was identified should be a new user story. A defect truly means that there was something in a previous story that either was uh, misinterpreted um, and executed wrong or was just overlooked. A defect should, again, use a standard format, again, stakeholder, the what, the why, and then um, identify acceptance criteria, and you should be able to demonstrate the before and after, what didn't work and what now does work. That's the second type of work item. The third is an infrastructure type work item. Could be also related to technical debt, non-functional type things, okay? That would be infrastructure. And it's closely related to a technical story. Some people just use a broad category. There's no difference between infrastructure, work item, and a technical story. And I'm perfectly fine with that. And both of those in the scaled agile world are often known as enabler stories, which is a, a great, also all-encompassing term, an enabler story, instead of just saying a technical story. But at any rate, those things that have to do with the, again, the, the back end, not just the, the typical back end of an individual story, but an infrastructure type thing that represents kind of the platform that multiple stories, even features and epics sit on top of. So a technical story just isn't your general back-end activity of an individual user story. That all belongs with your vertical slice. That's the biggest caveat. Be careful with your technical stories, your enabler stories. You're not pulling out technical tasks from the individual user story. This is more of a bigger, broader kind of runway that you're laying that the other stories will lay on top of. So it it's more, it's far reaching than just an individual technical task.
Refactoring, that's number four. You, you may want to set aside and call out a specific work item related to refactoring. And refactoring is when you're going in and modifying or cleaning up the code, enhancing the code so that it runs smoother, it's easier to maintain. Oftentimes, because in the Agile process, you're breaking things into these small incremental parts. From time to time, you have to go back and refactor, clean up things and just polish it a little, package it um, so that you, you're maximizing the uh, life of the, the code. And that's what refactoring is. You know that it's refactoring because you're not adding any new features. You're just simply going in and cleaning up some things um, for the sake of better functionality and maintainability. By and large, yes, even with refactoring, there should be a before and after or be able to show the, the impact of the, the refactoring. So there is that idea that you're able to demonstrate or share or reveal uh, or explain the refactoring when it's completed. So that's number four. Number five is the um, things like documentation and user training. I have some groups because this is a very key uh, component of the developing the solution. And when it wasn't called out as a work item, it either got left to the end and then there was a, a scramble or even forgotten. It's ready to go out the door and yet you don't have the documentation or you haven't set up the, the training. And I've especially found this in regulatory environments. Um, so the release of the solution was delayed because these things were overlooked. Whereas if you put it in uh, as a work item in the backlog and as you get closer you can acknowledge and make sure it gets factored into uh, a sprint or two ahead so that it's ready at the same time the solution. So sometimes that's a separate work item. Then lastly is, and this is a new one, if you, the slide deck that I'm pulling this from, I didn't have this, but as I went back and refreshed the, the slide preparing to share this with you, it came to my attention that we don't necessarily call out team housekeeping. And that's something that to help with the health of the team, to help with the sustainability of the team, help the team from keeping from being burnt out. Uh, you know, it, it could be because you're onboarding new people or offboarding. I, I have some teams and organizations where on a quarterly basis, they move or in people in or out, depending on what the next body of work looks like. And so with that, you may have need to do some team housekeeping. It's that's a way using a work item that indicates that part of our sprint, we're going to be doing some team housekeeping, which might be refreshing your team norms or your team working agreements, or maybe it's just to um, do some knowledge sharing, um, some cross-functional training, those types of things. So you know that that's going to have an impact to your velocity 
And so you have that work item to show for it. And it's also a way to, again, treat it just like a story where at the end of the sprint, you have acceptance criteria and you share and demonstrate what you've done during that period, what the benefit of that this period, using this period of time and using part of your velocity for this item, what was, what came out of it. So those are the additional work items to take into consideration to help keep things on your radar and so that they don't get forgotten or left behind or they just fester um, until it's too late and then suddenly you've got an emergency on your hand because you haven't paid attention. This happens so many times, especially with technical debt. So this can also happen with your team maintenance. This also can happen with your documentation and even your spikes. So keep that in mind. I hope you found it helpful and we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now.